1: From Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with the editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Riegel. It's business Baton Rouge style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Nelson Mandela once said that education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. Sounds lofty, yet it's true in so many respects. But education is increasingly complex and challenging to navigate. So many choices today and so many variables that can affect outcome, so many different options that we didn't used to have in the past. With me today to discuss this is Nancy Cadwallader, owner of Collegiate Advisory Placement Service, an independent educational consulting firm that helps families find the best option for their kids from elementary school all the way through graduate school. Nancy, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for being with us on Out to Lunch. Thank you very much. Joining me and Nancy is Sarah Broom, founder and executive director of Thrive Academy, one of Baton Rouge's most inspiring and impressive educational success stories. Sarah was with us on this show a while back and her story was good then, it's even better today as Thrive has grown so much over the past few years. Sarah founded Thrive in 2012 when she was a very idealistic and passionate 25-year-old teacher determined to make a difference in the lives of students who come from intergenerational poverty and face the steepest obstacles as they try to get an education. Thrive opened with a class of 26th graders as Baton Rouge's first boarding charter school for at-risk students. Today it has a new campus for its 180 students and it graduated its first class in May. Sarah, you were such an inspiration, such a great story. Thanks for being in here today on out to lunch thanks for having me well nancy i want to start with you because as schools have become more specialized and education is so much more complicated like everything in the world right your firm kind of helps make sense of it and, and break down the options for for kids and their families
1: well we work with students and their families to find the best fit and that's what is the most important part i feel at the secondary level at the high school level and even down further down so we meet with families to help them say what are you looking for what are your skills by that i mean what are your strengths are you a visual learner are you a learner that listens better so what college or what boarding school or what high school works with that in the best way.
2: And and we know so much more today about learning styles and and learning differences, right? Right. Before you were either a good student or you're a troublemaker kid, right?
1: And so many teachers hopefully are learning more about that, but so many aren't. So we go through and help students learn. And whether you are the straight A student with high scores, you need to find the school that is the best fit. Where can you be happy? Where are you comfortable? Mm -hmm. And it takes going on that campus to see, and you may think it is the best looking school online You get on that campus and oh no, that's not where I think I need to go. So we work with families to help them see that and work through all that and help them just discern that. And then when they decide where they want to go, look, apply, We help them with their applications. Sure.
2: Sarah, since Thrive Academy was founded as a charter school, it has become now a state legislatively authorized school. So this was a big change for y'all in your development a year or so ago, two years ago? About two years, yeah. So tell us what exactly does that mean and what has it changed for Thrive?
3: Yeah, so we started off as a charter school, um, and we were a boarding school, as as you said. Uh, But the other boarding schools in the state are all these legislatively authorized schools, right? It's a better category for us to be in. It's also a much less well-known category. So I I always find myself explaining it a lot um, to folks that we are no longer a charter school. We are still a public school, but we're this whole different kind. Um, So the other schools in the same kind of category as we are are NOCA in New Orleans. The mass science school up in natchitoches and the school for the blind and the deaf right here in baton rouge so again very specialized schools most of them offering a boarding component Mm -hmm. Um, and we joined that that grouping and became that kind of fourth special school in 2016 the legislation was passed um, but it had a 2017 an act date so we've been at this now for two years um, and it certainly has meant a lot of changes you know we are a state agency now so wow. it changed the way we did all of our operations all of our back office it has been a steep learning curve um, <laughs> that I feel like I'm still on in in a lot of ways um, but luckily we've worked with a lot of really great people at the state to help us make that transition sure
2: and and does it make it easier to get funding does it make it more difficult I'm sure there's a lot
3: more regulation but also more support in other right ways it definitely makes it much easier to to be funded it allows the state to to make a contribution towards the residential component as they do for the other boarding schools in that category Um, it certainly came with additional regulatory strings and kind of bureaucracy Um, you know I always tell people we sacrificed a little bit of our kind of freedom and and in the sense that we are now a little bit more bureaucratic and we gave that up for some longer-term financial stability which at the end of the day I think was the right call Um, it also allowed us to expand to offer services to students across the state of Louisiana okay so So previously kids from 70805 exactly yeah so previously we had been only located in Baton Rouge and only took students from Baton Rouge when we became a state agency we now take kids from across the state um, and that's allowed us to really go into other school districts and schools and communities and say hey this is what we can offer to to some of the most at-risk students that you're working with that maybe you don't feel like you have the resources here to to support in the way that you want to um, and we can be this this kind of opportunity and so we've been over the last two years we've been slowly and steadily kind of growing out from Baton Rouge which certainly comes with its own logistical challenges that we're still working through Um, but we're now up to a point where we're about 40 percent of our students come from outside Outside um, the the very central East Baton Rouge Parish area, and and when you say
2: at risk, is it still the most say um, socially and economically underserved kids, or is it kids with special educational challenges as well? So, uh, is it people you want to get them out of their home environment to provide them with the optimum learning? environment or more yeah
3: so we we always say there's not one right fit for thrive and not one right descriptor for for the type of student that we serve Um, but ultimately we try to serve students who without this kind of opportunity would not be able to be successful in a traditional setting so that can look like a whole variety of things right it can look like students who are experiencing homelessness um, students who have parents who are struggling with various things from drug and alcohol addiction to incarceration it can also look like students whose parents have passed away and are maybe living with grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, or elderly caregivers. It can look like students whose parents have severe chronic illness um, and really struggle it's a, a lot of work to have a teenager at home. And if you are really struggling with a, a really chronic illness, sometimes that can be really um, a difficult challenge. Um, sure. Can be students whose parents work offshore or out of the country um, and don't really have a support system here. Um, so we really do serve this this wide variety of students. It's so impressive. And, and Nancy, I, while while Sarah's school is, is
2: serving the most at-risk mm-hmm. kids, I mean, are your services only for the affluent and those who have this kind of money to find the best or the best fit? No. Do uh you serve a broad spectrum?
1: I serve a broad spectrum of parents. I I do, and I'm paid by the parents. I'm not paid by, and that's one of the ethical. um, With all the scandal that came out uh, this year. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was going to bring it up, because with the college scandal or whatever they called it, I don't know.
3: I Was it Operation uh, Varsity Blues? Art I think. Varsity Blues. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, I sign five different ethical stand uh, statements every wow. year with the organizations I belong to, that says I will not do any of the things that were happened. And the organizations that I belong to, and a certified educational planner, IECA, all those, we have those standards that we yeah. will not do any of those, the things that went on with that program. Sure. Um, so. And I have parents that, and I do scholarship different parents if I know that they need the help or a sliding scale, if you want to put it that way. Um, we work through it. I have some parents who will pay me so much a month um, if that's what we, if that helps them. Uh, with scholarships, we work through it. Yes. Sometimes people think that this is free Yeah. and yeah. this doesn't cost you anything. But it's very time consuming. I put a lot of money into traveling because I go visit all the schools. I go visit all the programs, Um, a therapeutic program. I never recommend a therapeutic program if I don't visit it Mm -hmm. because there's some bad ones out there. Mm -hmm. So I don't, all colleges, all boarding schools, I visit them and you visit them every few years. For certification, I have to turn in hundred schools that I visit every five years
2: it seems like you know today in education this is sort of the, the best of times and the worst of mm-hmm. times I mean we know yes. so much more we know right. so much more about learning styles we have so many more different mm-hmm. options from private schools or schools mm-hmm. that have resource based programs right. for kids with ADD mm-hmm. or learning differences right. we have very progressive places like Thrive that mm-hmm. help you know the, those that are really really underserved and yet there's still so many failing schools and such huge number
3: of kids falling yes. through the cracks I mean it's like both ends of the spectrum is that sort of it an is. accurate
2: assessment Do you think?
3: I think so and I think when I when I look at kind of the educational ecosystem that we have here and I I've, I've visit other schools and I even reflect on our own work Um, So much of that missing gap, for me at least, is linked to behavioral health um, and to mental health and to just general social emotional well-being. Um, coping skills and, and really treating genuine trauma as trauma and allowing schools to be able to serve that need. It, it very much is kind of a hierarchy where unless you are kind of treating that underlying behavioral health need, which, which we all have at some level, right, unless you are treating that for students and you get them to a place where they're in a really good place to learn, it's gonna be a struggle no matter what you're doing um, to, to help them learn effectively, especially in the environment that we have where kids are so interconnected to each other, to the world, to challenges they They do not they have, have the
1: interpersonal skills anymore.
3: Do you find that, really?
1: Really, and it's all, they're all so glued to a screen.
3: hmm absolutely. They
1: can't talk to each other. They can't talk to an adult. So you've got to reach them and help them Learn how, I mean, the pediatricians say two hours a week, and yet you see people, children, glued to a screen. So you've got to find a way to reach them to be able to help them that's not on a screen.
2: And I would imagine y'all are seeing kids with slightly who's, who's... behavioral health challenges are coming from different places I mean mm-hmm. yours like you said Sarah are maybe seeing the worst kind of traumas and murders and parents mm-hmm. in jail you're seeing probably Nancy and I'm supposing mm-hmm. here but a lot of middle-class kids but I just know from talking to people that there
3: are a lot of screwed up middle-class kids yeah. too. Yes. And are, and kids, yes every kid every, has issues and everybody and has issues nothing changes that right. and and to a child that is in need of support the mm-hmm. level of resources they have don't change the fact that they're yeah, in yeah. in need of support um but that screen time is something we've struggled with right because everybody the, does. the kids live with us so five days out of yeah. the week we are kind of that parental unit and we set those rules and so we we have a rule that no middle schooler is allowed mm-hmm. to have a phone period oh i love that um yeah. and yeah. we are very strict about it if you bring it we Most take it and we give it back at the end that. of the year <laughs> like it is right. a very strict rule. Um, for high school, we've had to walk this finer line because we originally said, no, never. Um, and then, you know, the kids really pushed back for, with some reasonable, um, you know, pieces that they were saying, look, the phones are a part of our world. Like, this should be part of our education. If you don't think we're learning how to, we're using them correctly, teach us better, um, which was a very compelling argument. And, and they're
1: using them in the classroom so much. Right.
3: With research, (laughs) I mean research.
1: They all they're all being told to research something online Uh or to do this. So they've got to learn to use the internet properly. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're thrown on the internet so much.
3: They say things on the internet that they would never say to each other in person. Um, but as they spend more and more of their lives kind of communicating online and on the internet and being able to do things anonymously, um, they, it's that ability anonymous. starts bleeding into their more interpersonal skills. And, and we find we have a lot of challenges with that. Almost every conflict I have ever had on campus started on Instagram, I sure. mean, without wow. a doubt. Yeah. That is so, right. so horrible. And I'm going oh, okay, no, I'm sorry. I was gonna switch a little bit
1: because I told you a while ago that I have a family from Nigeria, arriving. Yes. I do corporate relocation for businesses. Oh, wow. So that's what in that kind of goes into the business. I work with a corporation with all their international families moving into the greater New Orleans area. Mm -hmm. And so I find schools for them in New Orleans, nor um, Geismar, whatever. And so this family is coming in from Nigeria. We have they've been in before, and we've gone and visited schools. They've applied to schools, and they're coming back in. And I have now arranged testing for them because the schools and the private schools require the testing. Sure. And so. Um,
2: and I'm sure that's a very badly needed service for people who are coming in from the outside and don't know.
1: And the where corporations to- say, I don't know about the schools. Right. And so I work with the HR department. Do we have
2: a lot of? A lot of demand I mean are there a lot of it seems I would to love be, to know that there are new people coming into our markets in South Louisiana it has dropped off
1: yeah but I hope you know th- that it will come back always good to hear that some uh, yeah. but there are some coming in um, I got a, an email last night with a family coming in from Canada okay so I got back on if I have appointments set up for them at schools, Wonderful. Um, and so we'll do that. But I think that's a different side yes. that people don't see um, about a possibility of my working with corporate
2: relocation. Mm-hmm. You're listening to About to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking with Nancy Cadwallader of Collegiate Advisory Placement Service and Sarah Broom of Thrive Academy. We'll be right back after this very short break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Nancy Cadwallader of Collegiate Advisory Placement Service and Sarah Broom of Thrive Academy. How many people do you all have working with you? Are you by yourself, Nancy? I know Sarah. You you have kept growing. How many employees yeah. are under your wing now?
3: So we have 35 full-time staff um, and about about 60 part-time staff, but they they kind of share that those duties um, because what we've learned is that in the evening being a parent to 15 teenagers (laughs) is exhausting and it's not something you can do every single day um so we have teams of folks that kind of tag each other in and out Um, so that we don't get that burnout factor and and we let folks have a little bit of a break be able to go to dinner with friends be able to have a glass of wine you know things that you can't do when when you are the parent to 15 children do you live on campus I do not Um, it was actually my mother's one right no (laughs) it um, it felt like that Um, but no, it was my mother's one requirement when I when I started the school she's because I originally had planned to and she said absolutely not you that's the only thing I'm gonna demand so (laughs) Very right. (laughs) that makes sense. Nancy,
1: do you have employees or are you on your own? I'm on my own basically. I have a part time clerical person, um, basically an LSU student who graduated and I've got to find somebody new.
2: But you and your mom started this business together. We started it
1: together and she died three years ago. I'm sorry to hear that. We died. We started out of the volunteer sector. Okay. From our experiences from volunteer work. on college campuses, and actually, it was college presidents who urged us to start doing this. They said, "Find, help students find the right school to attend the first time." Mm-hmm. Makes That's good our sense. biggest problem. Sure, they're just going to school, and so we launched I, with our experiences. She had traveled so much and been on so many campuses, and I'd followed right behind her. And then I was—I had done a lot of work. We both had yeah. in the volunteer sector in the city and beyond. And um, so we launched in 1984. And I'm, I am bet things have
2: changed so much oh, in those 35 years. it's all online years. applications now. Yeah.
1: But um, and then my son helps me with with reading essays. He is a PhD in philosophy. OK. And his English grammar is fabulous. That's good. <laughs> and uh, he had a fabulous English uh, at McKinley here in the gifted program. And as an example, I... Um, the grammar in our students is <laughs> drastically lacking. I had a national merit finalist two years ago. I proofread and work on. I don't write the essays, but I proof them. Right. And I called a student. I said, "It's the national merit semifinalist." And I said, "You ended four sentences with a preposition." <laughs> His answer was, "What's a preposition?" Right. He didn't even know. He did not even know what a preposition was. Wow. Sarah, when you are
2: when you are dealing with students, and I mean, I I know this just from talking to people who've taught in the public school system and had trouble with kids being so far behind grade level. I mean, you're starting with kids sometimes that are three years behind where they should be, or worse. What, what is the goal to, you know? I mean, are you trying to help them not end their sentences with prepositions, or, or or just be able to fashion a simple sentence? I mean, how?
3: Well, I mean, we. there are times when we start with sounds of the letters of the alphabet mm-hmm. in, in sixth grade. So we're talking, you Seriously, know. Seriously, sixth yes, graders who can barely level, read. Where we really do, we kind of have to go back to the beginning um, and, and start all over. So a lot of our work, especially when a student is new to us um, in the beginning, is really just trying to help them get caught up and build those foundational skills. Um, and from there, a lot of times, like, Kids have extreme learning potential that is sometimes just hidden undercover by whether it's like some behavioral health issues, whether it's, you know, you just never got the kind of phonics that you needed and and now reading is much easier, Um, whether you have some kind of speech disability and and we can get some therapy in and that can make a huge difference. you can really sometimes uncover um, that learning potential when you can figure out what the right thing is. It's kind of hiding it. Um, and so that's a lot of our focus, is, is bringing our kids up to grade level. And then for us, we always talk about figuring out what is the best version of you, um, that there is no right way to graduate from high school, that there is no right path to take after. It's whatever the best version of you wants to do. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a four-year college, whether that's a two-year college, whether that is a job training program, or in the case of some of our students who have gone through some of our workforce development, it could be right out of high school, or right out of high school, you go into your full-time job. Um, We had students who graduated in our allied health pathway and in our welding pathway, and for some of them, the right step was to go ahead and take a full-time job uh, and, and get started on that right out of high school. And so we talk to our kids all the time about what does the best version of you look like, and what do you want that to be? And that can be anything sure Nancy do you sometimes see kids that really
1: just don't belong in college or shouldn't sure. be going to college not Man- everybody needs to be have a four-year college degree exactly I was in a workshop um, it was the legislative SACAC legislative day and we were I was sitting there saying and talking with counselors from New Orleans and other places I said not everybody needs a college degree a welder will make much more than my chemical engineer husband right let's face it yeah um and I got in a very hot discussion yeah. with a accounts oh, not everybody wants to hear Orleans. that that's right. right he says oh but he'll never be anybody if he doesn't have a college degree and I said that's the wrong mindset correct yeah. you need to do what's best you know trade schools the the you know automated automated automotive, autom- automotive. Mm-hmm program that is going on with the RCC oh, and they've done wonderful. such great stuff here they it really wonderful have. The
3: the McKay Center is incredible I mean that really, is a real has. dream and so programs like that they can go and get
1: training skills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I said and they'll make a lot much more money than yeah. they would with a college degree with certain degrees uh, but uh, you know, I, this college counselor from New Orleans and I just really did not, like not on the same page. I, I want to go back to something that, we were, that y'all said a minute
2: ago about, about kids, say, at the sixth grade level that don't know phonics or something. I mean, where is the breakdown in the system? We know the socioeconomic challenges so many of these kids face at home. But how are their schools, whatever their schools are, promoting them year after year? I mean, is it the teachers just, they don't care, they just want to get what's the deal i
3: I think i think a very very small percentage you know you certainly can't say that there's none of that but i would say that that's not a big thing but you look at holding kids back and having kids be so over age in their grade that's that's also incredibly harmful um to a child Mm -hmm. because you get a kid who's been you know you get held back twice so once maybe in first grade because you didn't quite get the sounds down or you didn't get the skill set that you needed in, in first grade and then maybe you get to fourth grade and you fail the, the um, we'll we so yeah. Now Yeah, we, we've changed it now but you fail it and you get held back and so now you're two years behind so if you came to school at the traditional age that means you're on track to graduate when you're 19 or 20. And most <laughs> high schoolers are going to yeah. get to that position and they're going to say. You can't play sports at 19 or 20. Right. right. And they're right. going to say, point. like, I am basically 16 going into my freshman year of high school. I don't want to do this. Like, that's, there's very few teenagers who who would be able, able to overcome that kind of social-emotional challenge of being and in that law, position. By law, you only have to go to school through eight. 16 or 17 right okay and you can tell. so yeah. and so that's what really does increase a dropout rate in mm-hmm. so many ways and so to be honest I would rather promote a kid if even if they're not quite there and then put some things in place to help them get there that next year um, rather than kind of holding them holding them back because you know you you get to this point especially in fourth grade and eighth grade those high-stakes years where like you get a kid who got stuck there in fourth grade, they, they're pretty likely to get stuck there again in eighth grade and it only takes that two years. Once they've, they've missed those two years, it is so incredibly hard yeah, for them to get back on track. And I teach kindergarten
1: Sunday school. Oh. And so many parents hold their child back in kindergarten. Right, 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 so they're because, already old. So they don't, because they don't want them to be, they want them to be here. and So then they are six in kindergarten. And of course we have the cutoff date of September birthday right and some schools have a earlier date and so you have an october birthday and they're already old Mm -hmm. and so you have a
3: yeah and it just compounds no and it just keeps
1: rolling on along and so it's tough it's that makes sense and
2: it's hard well nancy Mm -hmm. cadwallader and sarah broom you both are doing so much to help students and families in the field of education which is so important it's probably the most valuable thing you can do for society. Thanks for taking time to share your stories and insights and for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thanks Thanks for having us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Nancy Cadwallader of Collegiate Advisory Placement Service and Sarah Broom of Thrive. Find out more about Collegiate Advisory Placement Service and Thrive by going to the links on our website, It's Batonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle, but engineering today is Colin Peden. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford, and you can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for it's Baton Rouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world.